What's up, champs? Welcome back to Short Shifts, the twice-weekly Keeping Carlson podcast in between the Sunday mega shows. I say twice-weekly, but uh, this is actually Short Shifts' last episode of 2022, so uh, I guess I, I got ahead of myself a little bit there. Uh, I am your host, Louis Ezekiel, and ready to talk about the latest and greatest news in the NHL fantasy landscape and take some patron questions. Uh, and joining me as the EBUP, the Emergency Backup Podcaster, uh, we've got the one, the only, Elon Dubrovsky. Elon, how you doing tonight, bud? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best. I know Ben prepared to do an awesome show, and then he messaged us saying he didn't have a microphone. So here we are. It's going to be great. I'm going to channel my inner Ben here. Also makes me very sad to know that there's no more short shifts for the rest of the year. Probably knowing myself and my obsession, I might put together some show next week, just because, I don't know, I can't handle not listening or talking about fantasy hockey. I know you guys have lives and families, and you're going like, to enjoy the holidays, and meanwhile, I'm going to be like, oh, I need to do a podcast. And my wife will be like, why can't you just be like Ben and Lewis? But anyways, here we are, but I'm excited for today. We've got a really good show run, uh, as I see. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, let's get right into it here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shove you into doing the show like an official shoving Michael Bunting off of the ice. <laughs> um, have you seen this yet? No, I don't. You gotta know check it out it. if you haven't. Oh, it's great. He like got manhandled. Anyway, we'll we'll save it for later. All right, Elon. We got some injury news that we want to get to. We've got a couple people in some new spots. We got a hot and cold streak, and then we're gonna head into some patron questions. So let's get into it here. Uh, we'll start with the injury to Boone Jenner. Uh, Jenner's thumb was injured. He had a fracture. He had to have surgery uh, to fix it, and it looks like he's gonna be out for about four weeks. Uh, good Michigan boy Kent Johnson is filling in on the top line along with Line A uh, and Gaudreau, uh, and he's already got a goal here on Tuesday night. Uh, is this a is this a pause the pod, run out and grab him? Is this a wait and see? Well, how excited are you about this new opportunity for Kent Johnson? With uh, of course, all due respect to, to Boone Jenner and his injury. Yeah, obviously, get well soon, Jenner. Like, really sucks for people, especially in your multi-category leagues. He he feels oh you're oh yeah, and also I hope that he feels better, like personal life, and hope his family is okay with this. But blah blah blah. Okay, Kent Johnson is like pretty close to pause the pot, right? Like, first of all, this isn't a nobody. Fifth overall pick, a couple drafts ago. Like, like everyone says he's going to be amazing. He started slow this year, but I guess it makes sense. He's only twenty now. He's not only top line, he's also top power play. Also, he scored a goal not only today but also yesterday. This is the second straight goal in two games uh like this is like great deployment high pedigree big minutes all of a sudden he played 20 minutes in the game against dallas on monday so yeah i i definitely would strongly uh you know encourage people to go and get kent johnson if they can unless it's like a super shallow league absolutely I, i'm with you 100 percent. i think it's really exciting uh you know, love to see, love to see a wolverine in a great spot so yeah go grab him there's no disagreement from me certainly and also, by the way, Cole Sillinger is also injured. So it's like even less competition. Like, I guess Jack Roslovic could take that spot with Goudreau and Line, but we all know that he sucks. And he, if he gets that spot, it won't last. So it's definitely Kent Johnson's for the taking. Yeah, not a lot of pressure um, from any other kind of spot there. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, moving on to another kind of lingering injury here. Bruce Cassidy announced that Jack Eichel would remain out of the lineup uh, at least through Wednesday's game and didn't have any other update on the superstar for the Golden Knights who was hurt a few weeks ago. Uh, remember, he came back for a game, played for 20 minutes, and then has been out ever since. They basically said that this lower body injury had not healed properly. 
Uh, in the meantime, we've got Riley Smith, who's been really hot with seven points in his last four, and Chandler Stevenson also uh, playing well. Mark Stone has stayed super cold, still just on pace for 60 points on the year. Uh, what do you think? Do you think this is going to be a problem moving forward? Do you like Stone to start to improve a little bit? Uh, is he maybe a good buy low candidate here? Uh, what do you think? You know, especially for those of us who, you know, are scuffling a little bit and need a bit of a home run swing. Should we be dropping some offers for, for Mark Stone? I mean, I definitely don't like it for Mark Stone that Eichel is out. Like, however long that's the case, like, that's worst case scenario. Like, Eichel, Stone, Stevenson, that was a good line. Kessel, Stone, Stevenson, a much worse line. Like, maybe, like, five, six years ago, that could have been good. But Phil Kessel really seems to stink. Like, I remember at the start of the year, we were, like, excited about this guy getting potentially good deployment on the top power player or something. But Phil Kessel has been on this line with Stone and Chandler Stevenson. Looks like he played only 12 minutes in the game against... Buffalo on Monday. Uh, I think that Bruce Cassidy doesn't like him, and maybe for good reason. He's probably cooked at this point, so that's too bad. So yeah, I'd, long term, sure. I guess you can make an offer for Mark Stone, like if we're confirming that Eichel's going to come back and be at full health. Uh, but overall, I don't like it. So yeah, Chandler Stevenson. Yeah, I, if everyone's healthy, I like Stevenson. And Riley Smith is like a good guy to grab out of free agency all the time. He's just like always a solid pick that. If you you know there's a very good chance he'll get a point in, in a given night, even though he's probably not going to give you like a you know a Tage Thompson type night ever, but he'll be solid. Uh, so those are my takes. Stone, I'm concerned while Eichel's out. I probably am not reaching out to do a buy low unless it's like super cheap. Stevenson, he's good. Smith is good, and then Phil Kessel, don't even worry about. Like I was like saying, like Kent Johnson, pause the pod, go get Kent Johnson online. Pause the, the pod and one. drop Phil Kessel. <laughs> yeah, I don't care where Kessel is in the lineup. I I'm definitely over him. Okay, right on. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like you have them listen to the last 45 seconds of this podcast, uh, whoever the Mark Stone owner is, and then maybe drop them an offer because, uh, you know, I like Stone. I feel like he's capable of more. Jack, you know, Eichel's not going to be injured forever, we hope. I know that lingering injury and Jack Eichel is not a, you know, happy set of words to hear. Um, but, you know, I don't think he's going to be out, out forever. And then I think when you get Stone back, you know, he's going to see that production bump. So, uh, you might have to endure, you know, however long Eichel will remain out for, um, you know, with Stone not being so so hot. But uh, I don't know. It could be a good opportunity here. I, I'm a little bit I guess I'm a little bit more bullish on the idea of making an offer for Stone here. Yeah, I guess I just did that stream scheme special of buy lows and sell highs. So maybe I'm just burnt out on the whole concept. Like, obviously, it depends. Like, Mark Stone, I think, is going to be a solid 70-ish point guy, like, as his floor. Like, last year, he pays for 66. This year, right now, he's a little below that, like, pacing for 60. I don't think he's, like, the above point-per-game guy that he looked like in 2020-21, unless, like, he and Eichel just really start clicking again. So, yeah, uh, it depends on the cost, <laughs> I guess. Like, I'm definitely not saying, like, Mark Stone is a drop. Like, don't For sure, wrong. for sure. Yeah, well, and it's hard to get that chemistry, too, when one of you is injured, you know, so much of the time. All right, let's move on to Nashville, uh, where we have newcomer Thomas Novak centering the top line uh, on Nashville and playing on power play two. This is just another case where we've kind of seen Nashville bring a guy in uh, from the A and just drop them right onto the top line with Forsberg. Um, what do you think of this guy? Is this an interesting spot for him? He had an assist in their most recent game. Uh, against Edmonton. So, you know, some immediate success, kind of like what we saw with Yutho uh, Parsonen when he came up and, and was dropped into a similar spot. Uh, any thoughts on Novak? Is this a guy that you might take a swing at, or is it just kind of like, eh, Nashville's just trying stuff out and things will revert back to normal soon? 
Well, I did add Thomas Novak in my dynasty league uh, since he's minors eligible and it was like no one available. So I was really excited like to get a first line player in that league was insane. And I was very excited for a league like, like a couple or like a one year league. I mean, yeah, it's probably a wait and see kind of thing. Like Parson had a couple good games and fell off and who knows how long this will last. But it's not like Thomas Novak is a nobody. Like if you look at his AHL numbers, he's been above a point per game this year with the Milwaukee Admirals. And uh, last year he had 34 points in 42 games. So he's shown offensive abilities. I really love when teams do this and like bring a guy up who's like, you know, producing offensively in the minors and they bring him up to like an offensive line because it's kind of like feels like a waste almost to bring him to the fourth line and play him eight minutes a game. It's like that's not what his job seems to be. And so it's cool. And yeah, it's definitely not the kind of thing where I'm expecting it's going to last forever. But they're obviously needing to try different things because their offense has been a little slow. And hey, game one of Thomas Novak. They got the win. Like you said, he got a point. So I'm sure he's going to be centering that top line with Forsberg tomorrow. So yeah, I guess uh, grab him in your super deep leagues. But don't expect it to last. Like, I mean, I think I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, totally. It's like uh, being headhunted to to join the company because you're you're killing it, you know, at your current place. And they have you come in and, uh, you know, clean the floors for for a while and then see if they like you. It's not really what the job description is. So yeah, I think exactly. that's, a, that's a great comment. And it, it is so frustrating, I think, you know, to see these guys just, uh, you know, they're trying to develop. And you'd rather almost see them just down in the minors getting to play big minutes and, and getting to really practice sort of what they're really going to do uh, uh, in the real game when the puck drops. Yeah, and it's cool. Like This is a guy who's 25 years old. He's get This is his, you know, shot. Like, last year, he played 27 games, probably in the bottom six role. Like, I don't remember. We never talked about him on the podcast, so I can't imagine he was doing anything interesting. So here we go. Thomas Novak, this is your chance. Let's see what you can do. And as far as fantasy goes, I don't know, watch list, and let's see. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Uh, one little hot and cold streak. Normally, this is our big section after the break, but we're going to try to answer some questions uh, from patrons. So I wanted to talk about a hot and cold player on the same team. Uh, and those are Sam Steele and Kalen Addison for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Steele has been really nice uh, filling in in that top center role. You know, not a place that we've really seen him. He was typically a bottom sixer when he was playing in Anaheim. Um, but being given a shot here, you know, and a, a, a wild team that is not especially deep down the middle, at least until Marco Rossi kind of comes into his own. Uh, you know, a guy who <laughs> has really struggled in very limited minutes like we were kind of talking about, right? Uh, so Steele has six points in the last five games. He's averaging about two and a half shots a game, which is pretty good when you're playing with Zuccarello and especially Kaprizov, who I think generally is the one that you're trying to, to get the puck to. Um, so some really nice effort for Steele. You know, we've seen this kind of musical chairs uh, trying to figure out who the top line center is going to be for the wild. Um, and, you know, they kind of... St- stuck with Steele and gave him maybe a little more leash than some of the other guys have seemed to get. And we're seeing some results. Um, You know, you like to see that. I feel like Dabra was talking about that. Uh, I don't know if it was in a ramblings or if it was just on Twitter, but just that, you know, really kind of stuck with him and gave him, gave him a shot. Uh, Kalen Addison, on the other hand, if you added him for those four off night games last week, and I know it wasn't like a true stream Agami because that Friday was kind of busy, um, but he didn't get any points in those games, four total shots, two blocks, uh, not great, but, you know, opponent difficulty, I think, is important to keep in mind. And the two games that they have coming up here, Wednesday, Thursday uh, of this week, we've got Anaheim and San Jose. Uh, Anaheim might be playing Lucas Dostal for a second night of uh, a two-game street, you know, series here, depending on the health of Stolarz and Gibson. 
Um, you know, and San Jose has always, you know, seems to be down for a bit of a track meet. Um, so, you know, I think with Reimer, they're a little more solid, but uh, I think I would hold on to Addison, uh, if you grabbed him from last week and are still carrying him just because I feel like there's the real chance for some good offense, especially against Anaheim. Um, you know, this is, this is an opportunity for, for scoring. I think we'll, we'll see some in this game. Uh, and certainly for Steele, you know, as long as he's getting that deployment, I'm hanging on to him. I don't think you're going to be able to trade him, you know, for, for any kind of upgrade, uh, based on this very limited time on line one, despite his hot streak. So I think this is just a, a guy you're going to ride until he might get shifted down and then, uh, you know, you make the move. Yeah, I guess I'll disagree with you a little bit on Kalen Addison. Like, yeah, you're shooting your shot. I think there's a lot of guys on Minnesota. Like, you know, these aren't like busy nights where like a defenseman is worth more than a a forward. You know, you'll likely be able to fit in anyone. So like you could have dropped in like Marcus Foligno or Ryan Hartman or Jordan Greenway. Like that, I'm as confident in any of them getting a point as Kalen Addison, like to be honest. And even if Kalen Addison gets you like an assist, that's still he'll likely only have like three couple points then. Yeah, so I'm not very into him. Like, there's always the chance, but I think that's like you like shooting your shot on someone. And sure, like he's on the top power play, but he's been on the top power play like every game this year and isn't doing much. But I do get what you're saying about the quality of opponents. Uh, yeah, as far as Sam Steele, like Minnesota's won five games in a row. Things are going well. So all the people who were thinking that Ryan Hartman was going to come off the IR and jump right to the top line, like clearly there's no reason to do that. He went to the third line with Boldy and someone. I forget. I think uh, maybe Gaudreau, Freddie Gaudreau and that like seems like a really good spot for him and yeah so i agree with you definitely i would be interested in sam Steele for as long as he's on the top line and i don't think this is going to be a short-term thing anymore yeah absolutely so yeah i just want to clarify my stance here i don't think you're running out to add kaylin addison but yeah no i see your point too if you got the moves to spare you know like you said there's uh there are certainly a lot of teams that are gonna have slots open on wednesday and thursday where you don't just have to you know i'm squeezing in a defenseman because i can right so uh, yes, see your point there, definitely. Um, so yeah, look at your, look at your roster, look at your scoring settings, definitely. Um, you know, I like it more in a points league, certainly, than a, a league that is either categories or that counts those peripherals because he's really not giving you much of those at all. So, uh, definitely, uh, see the point there. I'm looking to, to jettison him, but I'm going to wait until, uh, after at least that Anaheim game and probably through the San Jose one as well. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. And then on the other side, we will get to some really excellent patron questions. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Elon, we solicited some patron questions here for our last show of the season just to see if we could uh, give the people exactly what they want. And I hope uh, some of this will be interesting for other folks out there as well. I thought we got some pretty excellent questions here that cover a wide range of players. So uh, I think this will be really great. Um, so we got to start with uh, Andy S., uh, super patron. Uh, I want Rob Thomas gone. Trade targets, uh, or even better, people you would trade to get Thomas so that he can see the deal from the other side is basically the question that he asked. I didn't deliver that very well. But um, yeah, Rob Thomas, you know, if you're looking to unload him, I guess now is a fine time to do it. He's on a hot streak with five points in the last three games. Um, I'm kind of assumed that sort of the problem, this is always the problem with Robert Thomas, right, is that uh, if it's a points league, you're doing pretty fine. But if he doesn't score, he's not really doing anything, right? 
Um, so for possible trades, I thought about looking for some guys, um, you know, who maybe aren't scoring quite as much, uh, but are providing you, you know, have similar deployment and are providing you with kind of a stronger floor. Uh, than Rob Thomas is. Um, so I thought David Perron might be an interesting offer. Um, you know, not always the world's most exciting name, but a, a blue who, uh, or a former blue, I should say, um, you know, who, who has some experience certainly with Thomas. He's been, uh, about three and a, uh, 0.35 fewer fantasy points per game in Kakupful over the last month. Um, but like Thomas, he's getting a uh, nice deployment and he shoots and hits to provide the, those floor points when Thomas doesn't. Uh, so I thought that might be someone that I would offer to try to get Rob Thomas to sort of say, you know, Hey, listen, I know what's frustrating about him is getting those goose eggs or getting those cardio nights, as we like to say, uh, in the cupful. Uh, this is a guy who's going to guarantee that you get some points every game, uh, and is capable of scoring as well. Uh, another guy I looked at, um, like as someone who I might offer for Thomas was Tyler Toffoli. Um, he's been about a half a point uh, per game less over the last month than Thomas, but uh, he obviously shoots plenty. He hits a little bit more than Thomas does, as, as almost everyone does. Uh, and he obviously gets that night de- nice deployment in Calgary. Um, so thoughts on Thomas, thoughts on maybe some possible trade targets, you know, what should, what should Andy do in this situation? Uh, if he has just had it with having Rob Thomas on his roster. Did he write that question today? He did. I mean, how is he, why is he tired of having, he's on a big point streak right now. He has points in every single game except for one since the start of December. I personally, I'd take Rob Thomas over Tyler Toffoli and over David Perron. I don't know if that's like a, like I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, this is being dropped on me. You know, I haven't had a lot of time to prep. Like we said, uh, Ben was supposed to do the show. I'm curious to know what Ben thinks. Like, I, I think Rob Thomas is pretty good. Like, a sol- uh, like Kalen Addison, I said, like, he might get you assistant and maybe not much else. But at least you're going to get that assist and maybe two of them, like, almost every game. Like, this guy produces points. So, I don't know. I guess if I'm looking for a trade target, I would be go- searching higher, right? This is a guy who's a point per game. I'd want, I don't know, he talked about on the show how Petrus Bergeron was cold, but then he had like a big four-point game yesterday. So I guess that would have been a good trade target. Maybe like someone in that realm is someone who I'd go for. Someone who I feel like has like really big up. Like what's Tarasenko doing lately? Like what about his teammate? I know that Tarasenko was cold for a little bit. I'll bet you he doesn't have as many points as Rob Thomas overall. So... Uh, 25 points in 30 games. Probably he has more cupful points just because of all his shots. But yeah, so question, but I, <laughs> I always wonder if the premise is flawed. Like, I wonder if just the answer is just hang on. Just to hold him. You'd, you'd prefer to hang on to him. You would recommend like, be patient yeah. with him. Unless like, well, I don't even think you need to be patient. I think he's just producing for you. Yeah, I mean, unless like, if what you're getting is not what you want, then yeah. And maybe you like, maybe it's the kind of question where the answer is to go for a different position. Like you, you brought up Perron. Maybe if you need a winger to like balance out your team, maybe that makes sense. Or you could go for a defenseman. I don't know. Who who can I throw out there? T- Tony D'Angelo. Like, I don't even, that's probably not even worth it. Like you'd probably want to go higher than that. Like think about I, I would slam accept on that trade for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. All right. So you, you like him. You would rather hold on to him. Yeah, I just don't see a reason why you need to cut bait. Like, if you're not happy with what he's doing, then why did you draft him? Like, I, I could have told you this was what was going to happen. He was going to be point per game without that many shots. Like, All right. what, what did you what did you expect? <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get to another question for Andy, and maybe we can give him a more satisfying answer there. But Andy, we're feeling we're feeling Rob Thomas. We like him, so let's maybe hang on to him. Um, 
Yeah, I guess I guess my my offers were too were sort of based on on the question asked. Like if I had somebody that I knew I wanted, you know, wanted Rob off their team, those are the type of offers that I made. But I like I like the idea of if you're trying to sell him, yeah, you know, get what you can from him. Certainly. All right, uh, we also heard from uh, another great patron who interacts with us all the time, Ryan Downey. He says Besser returned to little fanfare. Uh, how do you view players with great upside who are underperforming? Uh, due to contract or team situation. Um, specifically, I believe he uh, mentioned that, um, you know, Besser was on the first line with Horvat last game. Um, so, you know, what what do you do with a guy who maybe the team isn't super happy with uh, or, you know, that is just sort of being pushed, either pushed down the lineup or kind of limited in what they're being allowed to do? Um, I thought of a few guys who might, be considered to be, you know, in somewhat similar situations. Uh, I thought certainly of Marco Rossi because we were talking about the Wild earlier. Obviously, a guy who has really high upside but is not going to, you know, live up to it this season, clearly. Oliver Bjorkstrand, you know, who we look at as a guy with a lot of untapped potential, but he's been away from Ben Years and Eberly. He's been on power play, too, you know, and has been a guy who's come up frequently, you know, just for sort of underperforming. Um, maybe a guy like uh, Mason McTavish or Toivo Teravainen, uh, who are, you know, pushed down the lineup a little bit. McTavish is on line three, but he's on power play one. Uh, you know, Teravainen, maybe not a great example because he's also only shooting 2%, uh, which is not great. I think he had a goal tonight. Um, so, so good on him. You know, uh, I guess these, these were some of the people who I sort of, uh, thought of as folks who maybe, you know, because of their contract or their team situation are, are not as appealing as they should be, but, you know, have the potential to be really great players. You know, I think in a one year league, generally the answer is, you know, don't, don't think that potential is the same as reality, right? Like the potential is there, but the reality is they're not getting the opportunity. They're not producing at the level that you think they should yeah i mean in theory i definitely agree with you and with some of those names yeah like mason mctavish i know our producer here john is a huge fan of mason mctavish and why not i think he's an amazing prospect i don't think he's like a hold this year uh same with a a few of the other names you said brock besser though i'd probably still hold (laughs) like i don't know maybe i'm being too patient but you know he's been kind of in and out of the lineup uh but you know he came back from this like illness for monday's game against st louis and like you said he got put on a good line he was on the top power play he took five shots none of them went in but like if one of them had gone in we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation because the person who asked the question would be happy (laughs) with besser at this point of course vancouver got trounced five to one and probably the lines will get switched up again but he's someone that i guess i'd give a little bit longer of a leash to i like how he take some shots, I guess. Uh, but yeah, not like a forever leash. Like, you know, if he goes cold and he's still being bounced around the lineup for like another week or two, I'd at that point be willing to let go. But I don't know. I just don't get that feeling yet, that gut feeling that like I want to give up on Brock Besser. I still think he's probably rosterable in leagues to just kind of wait and see. Sure. So. Okay. So, I mean, we're looking at, let's see, uh, two points in the last seven games here. Mm-hmm. But before that, he was looking really good, though. That's true. He's he's had some good runs, you know, 16 points total here, um, you know, shooting less than 10%. So probably not not scoring as much as maybe uh, he should. Maybe there's some positive regression coming. But he also has seemed like, you know, I guess 
there are some problems in Vancouver, right? And it seems like he is shouldering some of the blame for for them. At least it seems that way, like from a coaching standpoint. So yeah, I think uh, if you are going to give him some time, if you're going to give him some extra uh, extra leash here, make sure it's not too long because. Um, you know, I think that, that he is, he has all the potential in the world, could be a great player, but maybe that greatness is going to be realized, you know, in a different city, in a different uniform. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like, obviously it depends how deep your league is. I think in the Cupful 14 team league I'm holding for now, uh, 12 team, maybe not like maybe in, in a league like that, maybe not, but like, you know, we just talked about like Kent Johnson is someone super exciting to get. I don't know if I'd be dropping Brock Besser for even the great Kent Johnson as a interesting. Game. So for what it's worth, he's 47% rostered on Yahoo. So there's a lot of leagues where he is clearly uh, someone who is droppable, although probably getting to the point of the season where we got some inactivity too. So just something to keep in mind. Let's jump on to patron Nolan's question. He asks, is Trevor Moore's cold streak a concern or is he due for a breakout with three plus shots in seven of the last 11 games, uh, including some like six shot games in there, but he's only managed three points in those games. Um, so, you know, I took a look through it, no goals on his last 31 shots. He did not manage a point during that eight to nine crazy game with Seattle. Um, you know, Moore is a career 8.6% shooter. So I don't think it's super shocking to see this draw. Uh, and the Kings haven't really been overwhelming on offense. If you excise that game versus Seattle, they've averaged less than three goals a game in the other 10 during this cold streak that Nolan pointed out, you know, that's not a ton of offense for line two power play two to get in on even though you know uh, this has been you know a line two power play two that sometimes has really surged and taken over the scoring um you know but it's you know it's just not happening all that much and it's not that many opportunities uh Moore's pace over the last three quarters of last year which was when we were really getting excited about him uh, was 47 points in 61 games so that's a 63 point pace you know, I think he's more of a 50, 55 point guy who can go on runs that might push him a bit higher overall. So I think over, you know, he's due to score more than three points every 11 games. But even if there's some positive regression in there, I don't know that it's adding more than three, maybe four points over that same stretch, you know, in kind of a, a best case scenario. Um, so, you know, uh, I think that more is, is a little bit concerning. Um, you know, I, I've held on to it maybe longer than I should have in uh, the keeper league that you and I and Ben and John and all of our friends are in. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that ultimately, um, you know, he's he's pretty much a borderline guy more often than not. Yeah, I mean, the question was, is he going to break out? Like, I don't know about that, but I like I think I agree with you. Like I in the couple 14 team league, if he was dropped, I'd probably add him like I I like him. But like you said, like as a solid like 55, maybe 60 point guy, he's on a good line. He's definitely taking shots, which is the main thing I'd like to see. Uh, he just signed a new contract. I don't know. Some people might say that this means now he's like not going to try as hard. Yeah, he's or maybe going into cruise like, control. <laughs> But maybe the opposite is now he wants to really like show the fans and the team that he's deserving of his his big new deal. So or probably just goes into the wash and he'll just play as hard as he can. Like he has been like L.A. has been in a bit of a funk. So I don't know. I think that it'll be just fine. And I think he'll just go back to being as valuable as he was like a month ago, let's say, which was like, yeah, I'd be happy to have him on my team as like a depth guy, but not someone I'm expecting to have huge multi-point nights from. Yeah, for sure. You know, just 
dropping him in quickly, even though he ultimately was was cut from the main run of the show. But another guy who was coming in for just a mountain of criticism about uh, signing a contract and then not really doing anything was Jordan Cairo. Uh, well, he's been on total fire. Ten points in the last five games, including a hat trick with an assist uh, against Columbus on Monday. So uh, things things turned out okay for Cairo, and hopefully with the new contract, things will turn out all right for Trevor Moore. Uh, but... Kairu, I'm just seeing on game day news, out with an upper body injury today. So, I don't know. Oh, bummer to hear that. I'll have to make sure I adjust on my uh, on my fan tracks because, uh, yeah, he took a he took a hit late in the game. Uh, appeared to have his bell rung, as they used to say. Was pulled, uh, I assume, by the concussion spotter, and it sounds like there are some lingering issues there. So. Uh, unfortunate because, like we said, he uh, was really on a hot streak, but I think he can bounce back here, hopefully, uh, in the short term. All right, we got one more question for Andy S. here. Uh, he said, am I snoozing on Jared McCann, or is he worth a long-time hold? You know, this was a, an interesting, sorry, long-term hold. Um, I thought it was an interesting pick. So the question presents the concern that he's a snoozer, but I, you know, looked into his stats on, on natural stat trick and there are actually yeah, a few spots where I'm kind of concerned in terms of like red flags for overperformance. Um, the big one obviously is that he's shooting 27% at even strength. Uh, that's almost actually double his shooting percentage on the power play, which is pretty wild. Um, but with Seattle's kind of balanced system, you know, he's seen under 50% of power play time on ice over the last eight games, um, uh, for four of the last eight games, I should say. Uh, he's also had under 16 minutes of ice time in four of the last eight and then had, you know, nice totals, you know, in the upper teens, uh, in the others. You know, I definitely prefer McCann to Moore, um, but I think you might be snoozing, yeah, if you're still hanging on to him. Um, because if his shooting starts to regress and he doesn't start picking up some additional assists because he's been really goal heavy, um, you know, kind of a Chris Kreider style, uh, lots of goals, not too many assists. Uh, he's going to start to fall from his current 61 point pace, uh, which is kind of borderline rostable as it is in, you know, 12 or 10 team leagues. Um, you know, I think he's still worth holding on in Cupful, probably, but, you know, I, I worry about this huge shooting numbers. Like he's really, it's really inflated. And if he can't keep it up and he's still only at a 61 point pace, that, that worries me. Sure. But like goals are good, right? Like, like he has a, he's doing really well in Cupful for average points per game because goals are worth more than assists. And I know what you're saying that maybe the goals will dry up, but I mean, that's not an ifs, like, cause maybe the, their more assists will come. Like sometimes players like have a lower shooting percentage or maybe some of those rebound, you know, are saved and then it's a rebound and someone else scores. And you get an assist for that and your shooting percentage took a hit. Like he's getting good deployment. Um, I don't know. He's been like really, I have him in Kakupful and I definitely have. It's funny. Andy S also asked about like wanting to trade Rob Thomas. Like he, I think he just doesn't like having players who are producing like on his team. He's like, am I snoozing? I want to get Rob Thomas gone. Am I snoozing on Jared McCann? Like I feel like take a, have a drink of cognac or something and relax a little bit. Sounds like your team's pretty good if these are your worst players. So uh, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying that maybe he's overperforming, but I'm not like too, too worried about him becoming like droppable. But sure. if you could trade him for, Rob Thomas. Would do <laughs> that. I was just gonna, you, you read my mind. You know me too well. I think this is just like classic keeping Carlson. Next question up is, okay, how about would you trade him for someone that we also mentioned previously? I yeah. love it. 
Can I throw something out there before we end the show here? On the mega show I did with Brian, we called Hampus Lindholm a snoozer. And I want to rescind that because I hadn't realized at the time that he's taken over on the top power play in Boston for the last couple of games. Charlie McAvoy power play too. And Hampus up there like he was at the start of the year with your... Pasternak and Marshawn and Bergeron, the whole gang, and Hampus Lindholm. And now he has a power play assist in, in each of his last couple games. So, like, if you listened to me and you dropped him, please go get him back. And if you can't, then I'm sorry. And if someone else dropped him because he was cold and not on the power play or whatever, like, I think he's maybe more of a pause the pod than Kent Johnson. Like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know. I, I'm not a Bruins person. Like, I haven't been checking in as to why this got changed. But for as long as it lasts, I definitely want Hampus Lindholm while he's on the top power play in Boston. Yeah, right on. Uh, I think uh, I think you make a great point there, and you know certainly with the acumen that that top power play has, like he really has the potential to go off. He he's had some really productive weeks um, when he's had this deployment and opportunity. So yeah, I think I would jump all over him. Uh, I I might lean towards Ken Johnson a little more, although I guess with position availability, maybe that's not the maybe that's not the move to make. Um, but yeah, uh, glad you brought it up. I had it as a note to add to make sure too, because I know you had had requested that we talk about it. You tweeted out, "You're covering all your bases, bud." I know that you you want to be uh, accountable for the advice that you give, and I think that uh, uh, that's a really good quality there. I just want to give people bad advice and then <laughs> cause them to be mad at me. But okay, sure. Lewis, this has been so fun. Look at this. I feel like probably we've gone into a long shift, which is uh, something that I'm somehow unable to to avoid. But uh, it's I pretty guess, standard, you know. We've gotten yeah. to about one quarter of what you typically do on a Sunday night, so it happens sometimes. But yeah, it's been really fun. Thanks so much for for stopping by. Uh, of course, people know where to find your work. If they found this podcast, they know where all the good stuff for keeping Carlson is. Uh, anything else you want to share before we we take off for the night? No, I guess that's it for short shifts for this week. But Brian and I will be back with another Megapod on Sunday. I'm not. I think Dave is doing a stream scheme. He hasn't let us know otherwise. So yeah, make sure you're subscribed to Keeping Carlson, and you're going to keep getting shows all all throughout the holidays. Just Absolutely. not short shifts. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ben and I will be back. Uh, I think recording a show on January third. That'll be released late that night or early on the fourth. Uh, we might have something else up our sleeves. We've been sort of talking about a couple ideas uh, related to the Winter Classic. So uh, stay tuned and we'll try to update you if we have anything else going on. But uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, everybody who's listening to the show or who watched it on Twitch. Uh, please be sure to give us a follow at ShortShiftKK, Brian and Elon, of course, at Keeping Carlson, Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. I uh, also recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL, uh, all organized so nicely at www.gamedaytweets.com. Uh, I checked that website way more than I should uh, all the time. Uh, you know, don't tell work. Hopefully none of my colleagues are listening. Uh, visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.